Shall I? Shall I do that? That's Is all that good. Even yeah, better? you sound beautiful. Well, I am beautiful inside <laughs> and out. Inside and out, mostly inside, because you're like you've got the heart. Of, see, that didn't sound right when I said mostly inside. No, that, that sounded really like an did. insult yeah. too. No, no. Yeah. none of that's gonna hit air. I can't have that happen. because you know it came out wrong. I want to say something to you seriously. Yeah. And that is that this logo you designed for us. Oh. Eight years ago. You can't tell people that I do design work because then they'll come and harass me. Gosh. <laughs> because of these speech bubbles. And that the whole symbolism that you captured from my oh. <laughs> that I did and said, this is what we want to do is so, so spot on. So I actually the, listened when you told me The only stuff. thing that we had to change, and if you remember, we started in 2015. Uh-huh. And then in 2016, everything went to hell in a handbasket. Uh-huh. And the colors being red and blue... People interpreted that as... Oh, no, Democrat and Republican? Right, right. And so (sighs) that was why we stripped the colors out. Oh, I can give you some new colors if you like, if you want colors to go back in. I kind of like it without the colors, actually. It's being neutral. So now it's black and white? Yeah. Those are are colors that are fine? Black and white are fine? Yeah. (laughs) You think those wouldn't be good either? So red and blue are okay. Black and white, we don't see color, right? Well, but it's it's an outline, so you fill in your own color. Oh, so you want right. with just like more of the straight? I'm gonna give you. Some well, colors. I don't know. Care. It's not straight. I can't do straight. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I go gaily forward. Gaily forward. <laughs> As we are in a minute yes. here. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I think it's awesome though because we haven't had you here. Like I said, you were the second person yeah. on. We had yeah. uh, Cutting Edge on. And then we had you on for Issue Box because we wanted to start strong and talk about some topics and have some people on that were yeah. interesting and different. And Yeah, and, and I've had your... people come up to me and tell me about having heard that podcast. Get out and of I town. Was, no, seriously. And said, yeah, I listened to yours because I got invited on and I wanted to know what oh, they were like. And Nice. Yeah. And I said, they never knew you were from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit, you <laughs> said. yeah. Detroit. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now they know. Now they know yeah, your hometown is Detroit, <laughs> Michigan. So, yeah. and now yep. you all have evolved, and you're really a huge staple in our theater community. Awesome, yeah. Tom! Tom, we're Truly, doing it, man. We are. I guess we all look forward to each each pod that podcast good. Every, that comes did out. you get today's podcast? A special video podcast that we did for Margaritaville in Oregon. I have not yet. That's okay because we oh. we popped it in on a Wednesday instead of the normal Friday. So you have to give that a give that a look, you know, because uh, we can we, say look because it's an actual yeah, it's video. an actual video yeah. podcast, and we did something different. We just we, you know when we can try and help, we try. And I'm glad people are listening and, and having a good time. Here is uh, We Are Stage Door, a theater podcast hosted by some average people uh, who shouldn't be fans but somehow fell into loving theater because we discovered it. That's really all it was. It was it, We were ignorant and didn't really know that much, except for Tom, who will remind me. Well, that I blame my mother, but other than that, yeah. <laughs> that's how I found out. But we've brought Rosie back, and, he, and she has Neil with her today, and hey. it's been a while. Been a while. You're doing a show, and I was so excited when you actually reached out to us, because it has been a while since I feel like you've reached out to us and said... Two years. It, it's been two it was, years? Yeah, but almost two years, because I'm coming back up to doing the Young Artists at Work project again. But it wasn't two... You haven't done a show in two years? Um, no, yeah, no. I we have done a show, right? But we've we haven't done something specifically in Toledo. We oh. we traveled a couple of times with every brilliant thing. 
Okay. Uh, which is a show by Duncan McMillan, um, who's an English person. And that show is about a young person who grows up with a mother who's suicidal. And then you traveled. Where, what do you mean you traveled? Where did you put well, these on? Well, we, uh, we did a performance in Akron, we did a performance down at ONU, Ohio oh. Northern University. We did a performance. We were just there at um, oh several places. Tecumseh. Oh, we went to. Um, we, Let's get Tecumseh on here too. Did, Tecumseh Theater. I'd love a, to have them on too. I did. Um, I did a performance of it in the boardroom at the Mental Health and Recovery Services Board. Wow. I did it as a continuing education. Uh, piece for them because the the piece is very powerful it's about um 75 minutes okay and it's this person just telling their story but they have a lot of audience interaction and so it, it really explains not just about what it's like living in a home where trauma is going on but also how that trauma can impact you in an ongoing manner so we start to behave in ways based on what happened in our early years. And if we, if we don't seek out health, healthy methods to cope, then we seek out other methods to cope. And this is why we have Issue Box on. It exactly. makes us, our IQ level wow. goes up several points just when, when Rosie It's actually talking. a light and fluffy piece. Uh, it's not uh, very dark and heavy. It's, it's pretty fun. The one that is not, that we're not Every, here to talk about. Right, correct. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the previous the one. The, yes. The side I, plug. One, of my, <laughs> one yeah. of my friends said to me, I can't believe, I told, I, I told my friend I was going to a, a play about suicide uh. and I... I came away feeling very joyful, but that's what it's about. It really, it, it more um, teaches you about why you want to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And There's several shows out there like yeah. that that can do those things. Uh, obviously, Come From Away is a great example. It's a show oh, about planes crashing in and terrorists, but it's a, such a great uplifting story. I keep oh, bringing yeah. that show up as yeah, one well, of those it's, examples. It's, it's my my brother-in-law, brother who lives in New York, always says he wishes he could have been a fly on the wall mm. where, you know, the, the person who put out the idea for the producers, you know, so we want to do this field yes, of musical exactly. about 9-11, you know, and he says, yeah. Yeah. as the checkbooks close. Yeah, <laughs> but, there are several but it's stories, an amazing, yeah. It's an amazing piece, and you, you come away thinking, wow. And um, that might be why it's so good, because it's like, look, if we're going to do a story about this, it's going to have to be right. really well told. It's not going to be, you know, Beetlejuice you know, ghosts and monsters and stuff. That's easy. That's an easy sell. Well, <laughs> and it really is more the story about Which I the love community of Newfoundland mm -hmm. and how they opened up their right, doors exactly. to people who were in It's about stress. kindness and uplifting and all these great things, but you don't, that's not what you think it would be because right. it's based, you know, the, the event that caused all of it. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Come From Away. No. We're not here to talk about the other show that you Every traveled all over thing. the Akron. Every brilliant thing. We're here to talk about the, your next project, yes. which I'm sure is another great example of what Issue Box is doing. Yes. Um, so the piece that we're doing is called The Willard Suitcases mm -hmm. by Julianne Wick Davis. Okay. And uh, so... Um, Actually, Neil, you were the one who first told me about this. Do you want to tell me how tell us how you got hold of it? Yeah, so I have been working in the mental health community for the past seven years oh. um, in peer support. 
um, working at the Thomas M. Warner Center, which is a wonderful, wonderful place for any adult living in Lucas County with mental illness can go hang out um, with other people with lived experience. All the staff have lived experience um, and can learn healthy coping skills. Um, even if we feel depressed or anxious, we can learn healthy coping skills. And wait, what is this? It's is, called is this like a community center. It for, is a community okay, center, like a YMCA okay. for recovery. Okay, um, and it's a really pl- a really beautiful place to celebrate. I'm so ignorant. I didn't even other. know those were that was a thing. So it, that's, that's pretty know. cool. Not we'll a lot of you, people do. We'll show you the commercials tomorrow. Kind of. <laughs> oh wait, do you do? Yeah. Well, oh we, my gosh, I, right See now we're ignorant? actually I'm highly a 15 ignorant. that they did and a 15 that we're doing together for for air but we've done uh, ones in the past too oh see so yeah. again i live in my own little cave and i don't come out of, of <laughs> but that's that's cool okay yeah, it's Continue. a wonderful place and and one of my co-workers said i saw this clip online about this show about oh. um people who lived in an asylum and the asylum was shut down and they found all of these suitcases in the attic that had people's belongings in it that told their stories of who they were and you this would be a, a perfect show for Issue Box. Wow. And I think she may have told me this a few years ago, and wow. it just kind of was like in the Rolodex of my memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Rosie and I were having a conversation about what some potential pieces might be in the near future, I said, well, here's an option, and here's how we can engage our community and understand, you know, where we've come from in the mental health community, where we are and where we need to be. But we, a lot of times it's not easy for us to know where to go if we don't know where we've come from. Yeah, how do you think we've done so far? Have we gotten any better? Have we gotten a lot better? Or? A lot better. I mean, a lot okay. of people are talking about mental illness now. COVID, I feel like that. I just didn't yeah. know if you believe that to be so. I do believe that to be so. I think our generation, our younger generation, really talk more openly about it. Mm-hmm. We talk more about our traumas. We've already talked about traumas on this podcast. You know, we talk more openly and... Um, we have more resources available. I think COVID, especially when we all were shut down in our homes, yeah, feeling yeah. stressed and anxious, it finally forced a lot of people in the world to to look inward and address some of those icky bits that exist. Yeah, so maybe all this, uh, I guess, people being open and being honest and actually being okay with saying stuff and all this awareness, it might actually be working. It's working, it might yeah. actually be working that we can actually believe that our brain is also an organ that needs to be treated correctly and <laughs> not, not you know you know <laughs> if we if we don't eat a bunch of fatty foods our our hearts better and maybe if we actually work on our mental health which is another organ it can get better too yeah. Yeah. i mean it's like you know the most important organ in our body that's that's Slightly. all what about yeah. the skin i heard that was Skin's a good one important. Oh. Hold it all together. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. lungs yeah you know, blobby stuff mess all over the place <laughs> all right so tell us about this show though so the show rosie sent me a video of this and i started to watch it for i mean it may have been a 15 minute video and i watched about 10 seconds and said stop stop i don't need to see any more i already know that this is what we want to have you want to talk about it and i just want to be unaware so when you tell me i actually have genuine reactions that are like Ooh. you know not fake ones like Ooh. <laughs> you know we don't want that so, that was acting. <laughs> yeah. So, so I brought my book here with oh, me, no. which is the, the. Oh, I mean, oh yay! This is <laughs> this is where I've been doing all my, uh, you know, research and uh, into this. All the story. notes on the side. All the notes, yeah. So, um, so what is really interesting about this is that the asylum clo- So 
back in the 1800s, 1860s, it was thought that people with mental illness could be cured by being surrounded by great architecture and cultured lawns. I think okay. that's a great start, though. I'm not going to lie. Right. I mean, start with that. I'm well, good. yes, if you have something that you're going to do with it. If yeah. you think that just is going to magically help. It's kind of like going on vacation. Right. You know, so, it does at least put me at ease right away. Right. Like, oh, okay. if, you're, if you're just stressed. Yes. But if good there's point. something more going on, you good know, point. you might need yep. different mm-hmm. interventions. Mm-hmm. So... The Quaker, so there were all sorts of things that were happening because there was a lot of discomfort about people who were odd, right? And who maybe muttered to themselves. Or let's remember that in the 1800s, if you were a woman, Mm. you were probably attached to a man. Correct. And if you were annoying to that man, you Mm. could be shuffled away. Very right? good point. Yeah. So, so anyway, so these ex- asylums existed, and there were various different reasons why people would get put in these asylums. Well, then the Quakers in England came up with this idea of moral treatment, which was, you know, we don't just want to put people in a poorhouse or in an almshouse, but we want to put them somewhere and treat them with kindness. So, because when these people who were considered mentally ill in these poor houses, they might not have a mattress. They might just be amongst the straw and the oh, rat geez. droppings, oh, right? Because, and again, we've got to remember that these were unenlightened times. Yeah, they were probably just, and I think they so, were real humans probably, right? Treated right. like animals. So, yes, the, mm. the prevailing thought at the time was that these people just needed to be managed. Yeah, their brains are so small anyway, they probably won't even realize. Yes. You know, what's that? I heard that long time ago, that line. We'll just put them in the electric chair and tell them it's a roller coaster ride. They won't know the difference. It's like, oh, yes, I said that on here. That's a repeated thing that I heard when I was younger. People said that. It's like, oh, my gosh. Right, right. So then, so this asyl- this particular asylum, Willem- Willard Asylum for the Chronic Insane, opened in 1869. The Chronic Insane? The Chronic Insane, yes, because, again, uh, people didn't have any compulsion about... Not a little insane, they're chronically insane. Chronically insane, insane oh which meant that they didn't get better in two years. Oh, okay. Right? Uh, so they were taken to this place. Now, this asylum was huge. And I'm talking like there were 80 buildings, Mm, which included a fire station, a train station, a tannery, a farm, a laundry. Wow. It's its own town. I mean, well, exactly. So what happened is the town of Willard grew up around the asylum. Uh-huh. So it opened in 1860. So did they send like people from all over like the state, the country, the whatever, York. all of New, New York, York went to this place? But like, did they, they felt as though like everybody was insane chronically back well, then? So Somebody sneezed wrong and they're insane. Yes. Put them in here. So, Sheesh. yes. So, so, and it was named Willard Asylum for the Chronic Insane because Willard was the name of the, uh, I think it was the New York Surgeon General at the time. Oh. Interesting. And then he died just before the asylum opened. He had pneumonia. And uh, so he didn't get to enact his kind moral treatment, but it, they tried. But, the, the, you know, so they had these activities and things to try and keep people busy. But 
unfortunately, there was not really a good way to discharge people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that became true is that people were institutionalized for like 52 years. Lifetime commitments. Lifetime like. commitments. Once crazy, always crazy. That's, well, what they had. That's what and, they thought, huh? And well, here's the thing, though. Because or annoying, apparently. You can be in there for life. Because sense, yeah. some of the people who, um, you know, uh, there was a guy who became the grave digger at Willard. Okay. And he was institutionalized for 52 years. Okay. He died when he was 90. He organized the graves. And now, you know, one of the things is, again, because of shame and stigma... These graves were not marked with gravestones. They were marked with numbers. Oh. Right? Because people didn't want anybody else to know that's my family member there. Man, I just... Right? It's just a different way of thinking. I just... I can't imagine having like one of my children and just like... See you later. You know, I just, so it's just different. Here's, 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 here, I'm going to push back on that. Okay. Because I think that's part of the problem. That's part of why we're here. Mm. Because there are too many people who still think like that. Man. Right? So. Um, just want to just this, wipe them out, forget them, act like it didn't happen. Right. So they want to get the little white out and just put a white out on the birth certificate and right. didn't happen. Right. Wow. So, so what happens is, so. Then we kind of realize that maybe labeling people as chronically insane isn't a good idea. So now we start talking about state hospital. Well, will it? So 1973. Now, remember, there was 80 buildings that all these people were working in all these buildings. And in 1973, there was an act that said you have to pay people for the work they do. Because mm. up until that point, the asylum was basically running on the free labor of these people who were considered... So it's very much like the olden prisons and same deal. So Absolutely. the prison prisoners back then, would, you know, I saw the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and, and oh man, I don't know. But they, that, they kept them in prison because like some of that was to keep them, they had to, somebody had to Legal run slavery. the governor's, yes. had to do the governor's yard work. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Or dig the graves of the people who yeah, died, yeah. right? Um, so in 1973, that became illegal. And so then the, the state hospital was no longer financially viable. Mm-hmm. So it took until 1995 for this place to close. And somebody sent people in and said, just get, what, get the stuff that we can salvage out of there. Mm. That, to me, I'm just going to stop you real fast here, but I find that kind of stuff, that historic... <laughs> information that we don't know about or what the country was like or all these kinds of things like oh we had these this big you know facility 80 buildings well how do we pay? oh we didn't pay for it that's how it's like oh we had a we had a system in our country in the united states of america up until the 70s where people were just there and we didn't pay anybody to do any it's like wow we're gross well the asylum was shut down in 94 oh so it was so they kept it going at least for a right. little bit Right. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. I just that well, historical and, stuff is like, so, wow. And yeah. so one of the things was that they felt that there was one gene that led to insanity. Science. Right? And, I mean, you know, um, the eugenics that is involved, which is when somebody says, basically, they have a shame gene and we need to sort of sterilize mm-hmm. this group of people so they don't reproduce because that will 
that'll stop there being so many insane mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. Time range this. Hmm? What, what, what time was this? The, the, the 19, this? So this is before the war. So this is so the 30s? The, in the, so oh, okay. so here's back. the sad thing. Hitler's people actually learned from the people oh, in the United States. Goodness gracious. Oh, boy. Yeah, they, right? I did know that. They did use the science that was being introduced at that time to kind of like justify and prove their points. Right. See? See? Right over here. The, yeah. they, the Americans think so, too. Or these scientists, it's, oh, it's becoming a thing. We can use right. science again to prove our point that we're better. Right. Ugh, man. So they closed the asylum. I'm making a lot of noises in this podcast. Sorry. I just realized. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> It's hitting me, though. Like, oh, man. Another it's all right. I'm oh. diagnosing you as we go. Oh, okay. Good, um, <laughs> good luck. So the, the asylum closes, and one of the former workers says, I know that there's some stuff up here. They open up this attic, and they find 427 suitcases. Hmm. The, the men's were on the left. The women's were on the right. They were all alphabetized. They had the names and the, the years. Who did that? You know, somebody actually took the time to even care, though, to do that. Well, but then they hadn't gone back to the family members when yeah. the people had died. Because can you imagine getting, I mean, you getting that letter saying, hey, hey, Kyle, your insane relative has mm -hmm. died. Do you want this suitcase or what should we do with it? Yeah. And people wouldn't often reply to those that, letters. Don't even acknowledge it. Yeah. Right? yeah. If, if, if we, you know, Fred Rogers said, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. But Mr. Rogers, of, is that Fred Rogers? Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. But people, Say that again? If it's mentionable, it's uh -huh. manageable. Oh, okay. But people often don't want to mention things, right? So, um, so 427 suitcases. So here comes Joe Bureaucrat, and, he, and these people who found these suitcases says, what do we do with these? He said, keep 10, throw the rest, throw the rest away. Random. He could have said kept 11 to throw the rest right. away. I mean, that's weird. Yeah. The people who found these suitcases said, that ain't right. Uh -huh. And they kept all 427. They spent the next three years cataloging these. And they're cataloged meticulously. Huh. And there is a book um, that was written about that. But, you know, fast forwarding to why Issue Box is involved in this. I mm -hmm. yeah, no, no, that's good. But I, I right? was following. Yeah, I yeah, no, no, it's good. Well, it's good. So, yeah. so there's a freelance photographer by the name of John Crispin. Mm -hmm. And he um, sought out the so they were taken to and warehoused in Rochester in New York, and he found out about these and he said I would really like to have an opportunity to photograph those suitcases, and you can go online to WillardSuitcases.com, and you can see pictures of all of these suitcases and i and i did do some of that like i said like the first couple minutes i did it i did click on some of the things and i stopped myself but it's just kind of a this it's kind of a sad it's interesting it's all that stuff and you see like this is what was in the suitcase and this is what this whole person's life was left or what's left of life that it was just like oh it's a handful of things that wouldn't you wouldn't think are right nothing but now, it, but then it makes you more sad because you're like that's like everything. No, honestly, if you look at it, it is like, wow, that's that's tough. That's some rough stuff. Like that. That's what she found important, and that's what was no, he, a treasure. Oh, or, oh, oh I see what to the saying. person yeah. who yeah, yeah. who that they were collecting. It's like that's what you know. I saw right. some. Yeah, it, it's such a little cool glimpse into somebody's life that is very right. powerful. Right, and um, so he he did 
Um, he actually raised money through two Kickstarters and photographed all of the suitcases. Mm-hmm. And they are all there. In the con- yeah, the contents yeah. of yeah. all the suitcases. Um, so um, then fast forward, Julianne Wick Davis, mm-hmm. who is from Berkeley, New York. And she, uh, well, what was her title? You're going to give away the whole show though, aren't you? No, no, no. All right. But she saw these photographs and she said, I wonder what these lives were. Mm-hmm. Now, she did not... She decided very deliberately not to research the exact people's stories because she said that felt invasive. Mm. So what she did, though, was she looked at the time period that the suitcase had been left there. She looked at the artifacts that were in there, and then she wrote a song cycle musical. So each of these songs within this show... um, there are a few that have... So that's why Neil's here. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't just the guy who who found about this story. It's a musical. He's our music too. director. Yeah, so we need some music ability in this. So it's, it's a musical. Yeah, okay. hey, it's a hey, song cycle. Hey, did you just suggest that I have no music? No, 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 no. I'm saying I know it. I know, <laughs> Is that what I heard I know say? What, Rosie was actually my first piano teacher. Okay, well, I just know what Neil Many people does. know that. So I know he, he's the music director and does these things. So you didn't just randomly pick somebody to come and sit next to you. You picked the guy who's who's playing all the music for the show, right? Yes. So, yeah. so how many people did she actually choose from? Obviously, she didn't do 400. Somebody. So there's about 19 songs mm-hmm. okay. in this musical. Um, it it goes for about 90 minutes. Um, and then there are a couple of pieces. Um, so the first song, which is... Now, what is interesting about this is that if you try and search for this musical online, you will maybe find two songs. Okay. One is the What Would You Pack, which is the opening song. And that was as performed by the American Shakespeare Center. And then the other one is a piece called Look In My Window. Um... But other than that, this is pretty much absent online. This is a very obscure show, then. N- no. The second no. performance. So, well, <laughs> I guess there were some other little things little that trials. happened in New York. Mm-hmm. But um, there's only been one. And, and I think what it is, is that it happened in 2019, in the fall of 2019. Mm. Uh-huh. So we know what happened next, right? right? Wait, there's, this is only the second time ever? That this will as, be performed. As far as I am aware, Whoa. there isn't there aren't there are there isn't too much documentation about other performances. Very, so very, I don't want to cool. be so bold as to say yes, but maybe. But but it doesn't. It certainly hasn't been very widely done. Okay, All right. it's easily let's, the let's first put, time here. It's in Toledo. You won't find it on yes. MTI. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, no. was there? Yeah, licensing and all that yes, kind of stuff. You, absolutely. You go, go through so, somewhere. So and... what happened was, so Neil sent me this link that he'd got from his colleague, mm. and I watched. Who's it. the colleague? We want to name names or no? Huh? Sure. Yeah, her name is Donna. Yeah, let's give yeah, Donna one some of my peers. Yeah, yes. yeah. So um, I I started going down this rabbit hole and researching and finding out and reading books like Mad in America and um, also Desperate Remedies by Andrew Skull and finding out more of this history. You could have just made those names up. I would have never known. Right. So, I mean, just... 
Um, I'm over here nodding like I know him. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh him. Yeah, he's a good writer. Yeah, yeah great. Um, <laughs> so then I kind of one day kind of went, oh, I'm going to Google this woman, Julian. Oh, okay. So I click on her email link and I said, I don't know if this is a good email for you, um, but I'm, I run this little theater company and <laughs> we do social issues and mental health issues and we would really love to do this show but I can't find anything about it and she uh, and and she wrote back like f- a couple of days later nice. and said hey here's the g drive here's the songs you know wow. let me yeah yeah nice. I about fell off the chair when yeah. I got that email I'm <laughs> no like, kidding did you write it in your British accent maybe she thought you were legit <laughs> She was like, oh, this person's smart. I'll she give it to her. So, um, so I shared that with Neil and I said, hey, what do you think? So, yeah. Well, now you got to do it. She gave you the whole dang show. <laughs> so now, now you're just insulting if you don't do it. So, um, so we went backwards and forwards and we kind of got a few other people around to have a listening party and say, what do you think? And everybody who's heard it has said, oh my gosh, we've got to do this. Okay, so the really, really cool thing about anybody who's going to go see this show is it is all going to be fresh music. Yes. They're not going to know it. Yes. They're just going to have to sit back and be like, what? Yes. And just enjoy everything that's happening, but including wait, the story. More. Oh, there's more. <laughs> because, so what happened Matt was... That did sound British, by the way. The, <laughs> you know, it sounded like exactly like those British guys who do the infomercials. Oh, wait, there's more. Yeah. yeah go ahead, sorry. So, uh, so... <laughs> So, I'm shaking his. You can't see shaking heads on the microphone. I'm trying to listen to her. <laughs> go ahead, Rosie. Sorry. Go ahead. So, so um, Neil and I talked, and we were like, "Yeah, we've got to do it." So, so then we're into the talking with the agent people and trying to, and it's kind of like with the agent people, I would write, and then I wouldn't hear back. Mm. And so I'd write again, saying, "Hey, did you get my email?" You know. Anyway, oh, and one of the things that. Julianne had said in her first email to me was, hey, if you want to hop on a call, we can talk about this. Wow. Very available. So we had a long conversation and I said, well, look, here's the thing. Our our theater company doesn't really do things the normal way, right? Because normally when you write for rights for a musical, they say, what's the building going to be? How many seats are there? How's, how much is the ticket price? And how okay. much, all that sort of stuff. And then they go, oh, you're expecting to get this much money. We would like this cut. Oh, okay. So issue box doesn't do that, right? So I said, well, here's my idea. Because this is a musical about people with mental health issues and people who are, you know, whatever. So I want to to perform this at Cherry Street Mission and I want to perform this at Thomas Warnett Center and I want to perform this maybe at the NOPH which is the Northwest Ohio Psychiatric Hospital and um, so would you charge for that (laughs) right right and and actually so let me also say Cherry Street Mission is a place that you know, the unhoused lived. So I don't necessarily want to charge them. Right. Right. right? So um, she, but, and this was the beautiful thing about this, was she listened to it. And and I think she really got that I was, because I said, look, but I, I, I also want you to hear this because I'm not trying to say, I don't think you deserve the money. Give me the it rights. for free. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I said, and so she listened and and, and came up with a, a, an opportunity for us to be able to really do this. And she said, I'm also going to email John, at, you know, connect you and John 
via email. And John is John Crispin, who took the, the photographer. Photos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last Thursday, I had a, a one-hour Zoom call with John. Wow. And John, I wonder if I can tell them this yet because it's it's not really We're official. We're talking about it. When I are mean, you gonna When are you gonna put this podcast? Oh, not up? for a while. Okay. okay. Not for a while. I don't have an exact date, but two weeks before your show opens. Okay. <laughs> okay. Which is when? When's the show opening? Well. So that's part of what's happening, right? Okay. So last Thursday... <laughs> Everything's a mystery with you. Like, well, let me... <laughs> Wait, there's more. There's still uh, actions to so that so, so I told you we want to go to NOPH. I have uh-huh. a meeting there tomorrow to sort of try and pitch this to them. So, um, so John, when I spoke to him last Thursday, this is the first time I met him on Zoom, right? We talked for an hour and we're going backwards and forwards. Wow, and you're and very easy to talk to, so right? that doesn't surprise me. So he says, but wait, there's more. I actually have an exhibit of 30 photos that isn't anywhere right now. And I could bring that Get out. in wow. to Toledo uh, if you could find a gallery. So Issue Box doesn't even have a theater, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And now Let I'm gonna, alone a gallery. And now yeah. I'm going to try and be a gallery as well as a theater, right? So... Um, so we are hoping, so at the moment, it, we haven't written the contract, right? But by the time that this goes up, hopefully it will all May be a 12th done deal. May 12th is when it's going to drop okay. this episode. Okay. So. so hopefully it will all be a done deal by then. Uh, we, are go- we have been offered the opportunity to put the gallery show on at the Toledo Main Library. <laughs> you are a smooth talker, now, Rosie. Now, That's what you are. <laughs> so... I got this offer last Thursday, ah. and here we are. It's not even a week, and this happened, right? But the, but wait, there's more. So they said we would like to do, we would like to do a reception, and maybe you could do a performance of this in the McMaster Center. Wow, nice, right? Nice, right? We'll make sure we tag the museum in this as well. Then, not yeah. the museum, the library. Oh, the library, McMaster I'll just delete that part that I just said about the right. being in the museum. So, so the li- so the the exhibit is going to be on in the gallery for a month. Nice. The original photos. Very beautiful. And and one of those original felt like you wanted to drop the mic right then, which is right. perfect actually, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Really, it is. Wow, indeed. And you didn't plan that? No. No, it just worked out. Yeah. So so we're going to have this gallery show of 30 of the photos. And tomorrow I'm going to see the NOPH people. We would like to do a performance there. But also they have a museum there. And I don't know whether they will be able to put some of their artifacts in with John's show. Mm. Um, because we have this story in Toledo as well. Mm-hmm. The musical is written about Willard, but this story exists in Toledo. Would you be putting on the full 90-minute show at the oh, McMaster? Yeah. Not just excerpts to get them to go somewhere right. else to see it, but the whole show. Right. Wow. Well, that, that's the plan. Okay. I'm going to see the space tomorrow to see if that will work. Okay. See, so this is where we're at now. So now we're at the where do people get tickets, how do we well, how many people be, are actually all this, this kind of stuff. How many yeah. people are so actually performing So at the moment, this? we have a cost of about Between 12. 10 and 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 12. 12 to 15 people. 12 to 15 people. In, in the cast, already yeah. all set, ready to go. So, yeah, well, we didn't do auditions for this. Mm-hmm. Part of part of the thing was, we I reached out to people I know. And if people hear this and they go, 
So, so again, issue box is not, so I never started issue box trying to compete with any other theater company in town. I, there was a totally different basis, which, you know, I mean, other people are doing similar work from time to time, but sooner or later, they're going to do the entertainment show. Yeah. And, right. and we sooner don't Sooner or later, do... they're going to do Shrek. Right. Yeah, or yeah. my favorite one to hate is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, you, actually, that I believe why you hate that one. I, I can, that makes, it's yeah. not really the greatest I mean, <laughs> story I mean, for treatment of people. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, let's do a song about domestic violence okay. yeah yeah exactly. oh, thanks i mean mm-hmm. um so so yeah so there are some moving parts that i'm basically just trying to keep up with at the moment mm-hmm. in terms of nailing these things down so so part of the thing and i've got to figure out how to make this happen is that so i'm sorry but so not having auditions and stuff to help simplify oh, it for you then well no 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 part of the thing is about who are the people who feel compelled to tell the story Let's find a way for you to be part of it. Ah. Right? Because, uh, so, and again, that's about breaking stigma and shame. Right? And we don't break stigma and shame by saying, uh, and I'm going to I'm going to drop the mic any minute now, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't break stigma and shame, shame by saying, we need to do something for these poor people that are over there. Mm. and who've had this really terrible time Mm. we need to reach out to them with pity Mm -hmm. screw that (laughs) all right so i'm going to drop the mic now and here's here's my story here's where my story intersects with this in 1931 my mother was born Mm -hmm. her mother experienced what what we call postpartum depression right many people nowadays absolutely um, experienced that. For my grandmother, she ended up in an asylum in Belfast. It's called Purdysburn Mental Hospital. Purdysburn. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I understand, a couple of years after that, after her being put there, she died of TB, which wow. again, in these institutions, it was not an unusual thing because infections would, would go through them. So why that happened was because my grandfather didn't know what to do with this woman. And so he disowned her. Now, couldn't be bothered. In 1931, what was a woman to do? Right, 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 right. When you're struggling and then your your husband says, okay. Yeah. Right. So my mother was adopted across the family. So her father had a brother who was married to a woman who had a brother and sister-in-law that were barren. Gotcha. Right? Yes. I'm, you know, it's taken me years to try and figure this out. <laughs> and that barren couple... There was, somebody, there was a couple who didn't have children, who needed children, and your... But they were related. Yes, and related. Beca- and because mm-hmm. it happened like that... And it didn't go through the official, you know, channels. Right. My, the people I always knew as my grandparents, who were, were lovely people, um, but they were very insecure about the adoption. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of were half expecting that that, that was going to, you know, someone was going to come in and take, take it, them yeah. away. And in fact, when my mother died in 2018, we discovered a, 
the, the, her official adoption certificate that had not been made legal until she was 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. Man, mm. these are just like so, s- so family me, stories and history. Again. So for me, this isn't just about, you know, those people out there. This is my family. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wow. So, and, and if it, coming back to Fred Rogers, right? If it's mentionable, it's manageable, right? And if we, if I try and pretend, oh, I just think this is a really cool story, uh-huh. right? Then, then I'm not being honest about the fact that I feel drawn to or compelled to tell this story as the story of, uh, as similar to the story of my family. Yeah, Neil brings you this story, and this thing hit home really uh, hard. No. Actually, it took me a while to, oh. ma- to make that connection. Really? Like, even though I knew it in my, like, Neil has known me, what, how long have we known each other? Oh my gosh, 25 <laughs> years. 25 years, right? Okay. And it was, this was, this was new news to Neil when we sat down mm-hmm. and we were talking about it. And I said, I, I'm just realizing this is my story, yeah. right? Are this, you performing in it? <laughs> Sorry, I hit a nerve there. Well, so Neil, Neil knows that I'm a singer. Uh-huh. And there are songs that I could sing in this, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. You don't a, a, know as of right now, no. Okay. But um, there are a couple of p- places where I could. Oh, and I had another thought about that, by the way. Um, <laughs> so right now, live on the podcast, <laughs> she's just having a thought, popping into yes, her brain. I'm just having a thought. You know, yeah. th- welcome to my world. <laughs> Sit down. I'll be with you in a moment. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so there are there's there is a song that is a, the counterpoint in it is is so sweet and intense it it brings tears to my eyes. It's awesome. a song called Dear Sister. Mm. And it's like um I did as you asked me to do, but I've received no satisfaction. Um I'm trying to get you out of the asylum basically. Mm. Um that for me, was I think the first song that made me go, oh. So it's a very strong maybe. <laughs> yes. And to find out whether Rosie's going to be in or not, you have to come to the show. Yes. It's yes. our first tease for the show. First yes. tease, yeah. Now can we talk about like possible locations and stuff? Because you, you were very uh, forthcoming with the fact that you don't have a building. So, and that you... The one before this, you traveled around and did other spots. Yeah. So is that the norm for Issue Box is to be performing in different locations for their yeah. shows? So we have one. We go where we're needed. Okay. So you know you're going to do the one at the library. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know where any of the other yes. performances are well, going to be? Well, so yes, we, we know the library, but we don't know the exact date. Okay. That's fine. We do know that the Thomas Wernett Center we're going to do on June 28th. We have that one on the books. Okay. So this isn't just a, we're going to, it's going to be on this day, you got four days to see it. It's going to no, happen several times. So we have, so the, the, the rights that we wrote, we have permission to do the show five times okay. between June 1st and July 15th. Okay. So June 1st and July 15th, anybody listening who wants to go see this, obviously very compelling 
musical yeah, and, show and as we get start the, paying attention to when as we get the dates nailed down they will be on our website and then you'll send them to us oh absolutely and then we can tell everybody absolutely it's coming up okay absolutely you know absolutely. And, and all five of them we'll post all five of them because since they're not going to be consecutive days probably right well and here's the thing so um one of our values We're is trying to that, help, <laughs> that theater can be elitist, right? So you have to have yeah. money. Yeah. You have to be able to drive to a place. You have to, So we're trying to take the theater to where the people are. And for instance, in Cherry Street, people may not have money. Right. So one of the things that I've just been trying to wrap my brain around today, and so the answer, I, where you're going to ask me about tickets, the answer isn't there yet. Okay. Because part of the thing is that I want people to say, go online and say, I'm going to sponsor five seats. I see. Right? I'm going to sponsor, and I've already sponsored several seats in honor of my grandmother. Hmm. Because that's what I felt compelled to do. It's like, it's like I don't just think other people should think this is a really important show to do. I, I want to put my money where my mouth is, right? So we're thinking that the tickets will be $10 each. And that what we'll do is, so I've got to figure out how to do all this. But the, um, that we'll put it online, like I would like to buy X amount of tickets I plan to use two of them. So we know so that when people come into the theater space, there won't be any tickets around. So nobody who doesn't come in with a ticket will feel embarrassed. Okay. Right? Because people will just be able to walk in. And hopefully, it'll all work out. Right? <laughs> Have you seen Shakespeare? Is it hopefully Shakespeare in Love? Out, yeah. How will it work out? I don't know. It will. It just <laughs> will. It just will. <laughs> it just will. Yeah. Well, you've been doing this for a little bit, and things have worked out really, really great so Eight far, years. right? Yeah. They've all worked out so far. But this is, uh, boy, you're going to talk about community theater. It doesn't get more community-based yeah. and focused than what you're doing over there at Issue yeah. Box. So uh, hopefully we can get more people to come in, yeah. buy these seats, yeah, sponsor these seats is what you call and them. And if right? we have any tenors out there that are looking for something to do, we'd love to hear from them <laughs> yeah. too. So. By May 15th By or May 14th. By May 15th. We, we May 15th. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast today, call Neil. He might still be in need of you. <laughs> What's the website to... Uh www okay <laughs> i know that's the world wide web I know we know that, that part of the internet yeah, yeah. issue box theater and it's the eight re issue box theater dot org uh and then you you're on facebook and you you know so somebody from our organization does that i can't do it i i I struggle with that stuff. But somebody's doing it. and Somebody's doing it, yeah. Yeah, and somebody from your organization? Um, actually, Ch- Sherry Holridge okay. is, is heading up our marketing team, and um, and she's she's really? going to do a great job with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she knows yeah. her stuff. Yeah, she does. Yeah. All right, cool. Wow. In general, we've heard a lot about like Rosie's story and why she's compelled to perform this piece. Um, but I, I hope that the listeners will also relate to the material because when we look at statistics and see that one in four people live with persistent mental health diagnoses like anxiety or depression, um, I think it's something that touches us all. It's something, a story we'll all be moved by because when you look at those numbers, that that means it's our 
relatives. It's our neighbors. It's our friends. It's something that is personal. It's something that is close to our lives. So yeah, I hope that we all can be moved by this piece together as a community too. Yeah, it's one in how many? One in four. Yeah, that's that's more than just somebody right next mm-hmm. to your house. That's somebody in your house. Yes, and then one so in let's ten. Not, let's not pretend like it's not. It's in four your of us house. right here. Yeah, exactly. Correct. That's really close. <laughs> one in ten people have a more serious mental health challenge, like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is it's very personal. It's very close to home. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I, again, I, I enjoy having you. You on. I always enjoy talking to you, Rosie, because you do increase our IQ points and, and bring our awareness to things that uh, sometimes we just don't think about. And there are a few theater companies in town that I love that they are the ones that are bringing this stuff, and you're one of them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I stopped talking. I just want to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> you were just, it was wonderful. 